Hamas continues to fire hundreds of rockets into civilian centers in Israel. Inflation numbers come out and they are frightening. And the Biden administration continues to lie about COVID statistics. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. For peace of mind, whenever you go online, visit expressvpn.com. Slash Ben, we'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, your reminder, again, there are a lot of VPN providers out there. You've probably heard of a couple of them. Some of you may even have used a VPN before to protect yourself from big tech and from all of the hackers out there who are looking for your information. I like to do research on my sponsors. I only recommend brands to my listeners that I believe in. That's why I've been talking for so long about ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. Here are just a few reasons why. Number one, ExpressVPN does not log your data. There are lots of really cheap or free VPNs that actually make money by selling your data to ad companies, which is precisely the opposite of what you want from a VPN. Instead, ExpressVPN developed a technology. It's called Trusted Server that makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your information. Second, it's really, really fast. A lot of VPNs will actually slow your connection, make it more difficult for you to do what you need to do online. Not ExpressVPN. My internet speeds remain blazing fast. The last thing, ExpressVPN is really easy to use. I'm talking like one click of a button and you are good to go. Protect yourself with the VPN I use and trust. Use my link, expressvpn.com slash Ben today. Get an extra three months for free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Ben. Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben to learn more. Alrighty, so overnight, hundreds more rocket attacks on Israel by Hamas, which is a terrorist group. A little bit of history for you. Hamas is an openly genocidal group. They have said over and over and over that they wish for Israel not to exist. This is not a conflict over land. This is not a conflict over borders. This is not a conflict over a right to return. This is a conflict in which one side wishes to destroy the other side utterly and completely. And this has been their long stated goal. And they were about to win an election, by the way, in the West Bank, which is the reason for all of this. The the recent history here is that in late April, Mahmoud Abbas, who again is a terrorist, Mahmoud Abbas treated as a legit, a legit world leader by much of the world community, but is not. Mahmoud Abbas, the head of the Palestinian Authority, which is a terrorist organization, but a slightly less terrorist organization than Hamas, he had declared that there would be elections in April, the first elections since 2004. He is now in the 16th year of a four-year term, Mahmoud Abbas. So he declared elections. Then it appeared he was going to lose. So he canceled the elections in late April and blamed the Jews, because this is what you do if you are a Palestinian leader who is suddenly got their feet to the fire. So Mahmoud Abbas cancels the election. He blames the Jews, and he starts ramping up calls for violence. Hamas, not to be outdone, because the way that you apparently garner support is to show that you hate the Jews even more than the guy next to you. Hamas decides they are going to ramp up the violence. This all culminates in violence on the Temple Mount, spurred by Hamas, spurred by Fatah, people using the Al-Aqsa Mosque, a holy site to Muslims, as an actual staging base to perform acts of terrorism and violence against police officers, Israeli police officers. And then when Israel goes in to stop that, then the rocket fire begins from Hamas, which has decided to up the ante. So number one, let's just recognize a quick truth. None of this would be happening right now in terms of this heavy rocket fire from Gaza if Israel had not unilaterally made the concession in 2005 to pull out of the Gaza Strip completely. Remember, Israel had Jewish areas of the Gaza, there were Jewish areas in the northern Gaza Strip. There were these little cities in the northern Gaza Strip They had greenhouses. They were quite prosperous. In 2005, Israel unilaterally withdrew in order, supposedly, to push for a new peace deal. The idea was going to be, look, Israel is giving up this land, and now it's another another stone in the wall of peace that's going to be built right here. Instead, Hamas immediately rushed in, burned all the greenhouses, and then started building up its rocket bases for use against the state of Israel. And what this has resulted in is most of Israel is now under the umbrella of terror. From the north, Israel is under the umbrella of Hezbollah. 
which is an Iranian-backed terror group in Lebanon. They have apparently 150,000 rockets. If you think it's bad right now with Hamas firing hundreds of rockets a day, wait until it's Hezbollah firing thousands of rockets a day. And then from the south, they are under assault from Hamas, a terrorist group located in the Gaza Strip. Palestinian Islamic Jihad is located in both Judea, Samaria, the West Bank, and the Gaza Strip. So Israel, Israeli citizens basically live under the constant threat that at any moment things could go up in flames and all of a sudden they could be living underground. So I was texting with a bunch of friends in Israel last night who were literally texting from bunkers. Many of them had been giving 45 second, 60 second, 90 second warnings to get underground as soon as humanly possible because the fact is that Israel is a tiny, tiny country. Okay? And it is a tiny country surrounded by malevolent countries that do not wish it, do not wish it well. This is why the Trump breakthrough in terms of actually creating alliances and helping to foster alliances between Israel and places like the United Arab Emirates and places like Sudan and places like Morocco, why this was such a good thing. The Biden administration immediately blew it. Okay, so there are a few events that led up to this. One was Abbas canceling the election and then having to demonstrate to the Palestinians that mostly it was Israel and we need to blame Israel and let's have a competition as to who hates Israel most. It's also a smart move by Abbas in the sense that Hamas in going all the way in shooting rockets into Israel was going to be also the chief recipient of Israeli return fire. So Abbas is basically having the Israelis do his dirty work by killing off all of Hamas's leadership. So this is one of the things that's happening as well. The other thing that happened is that the Biden administration, upon entering office, immediately signified that it wanted to push Israel into making concessions to these terror groups, that it would restore funding to the UNRWA, which is an agency specifically dedicated toward fostering Palestinian extremism, that the, that the United States would restore $290 million worth of foreign aid to the Palestinian Authority, much of which would be used for, for terrorism and fostering of terrorism. Okay, so the United States basically reopened the door. The Trump administration said, no, we are making very clear who our allies are here. And if you engage in terror, the money ain't coming your way. And things were calm and things were quiet. And then the Biden administration came in, and within months, you have this massive conflagration, which is now on the verge of all-out war. And the reason it's on the verge of all-out war is because Israel literally has millions of its citizens now living underground. Okay, so to understand this conflict, the thing you really need to understand is the map. Okay, so there are a few maps I'm going to show you right now. The first map shows you the actual range of fire from Gaza, okay, the distances from the Gaza Strip to various Israeli cities. Okay, what you will see here is that the distances are tiny. Israel is a tiny postage stamp of a country. The distance from Gaza, the Gaza Strip, which is located in the in the southwest corner of Israel. The the so the the distance from the Gaza Strip to Ashkelon, which is a city that has been under steady rocket fire over the course of the last 3 days, is about 13 miles. That's the distance, 13 miles. The distance from the Gaza Strip to Tel Aviv, this was considered a, a long shot for Hamas until recently. That distance is about 44 miles. Okay, not a long uh, less than a less than an hour car ride, significantly less than an hour car ride. The distance from Gaza to Jerusalem, which is sort of in the center of the country, is only 47 miles. From Gaza to Ashdod, it's 24 miles. Okay, what does this mean? It means that when you fire rockets, people have pretty much no warning. Okay, here is a map of the warning times when a rocket is fired. Okay, if a rocket were to be fired from essentially Gaza to Ashdod you'd be talking about at most 30 seconds of warning time. If you're talking about Gaza to Jerusalem, you're talking about 1.5 minutes of warning time, about 90 seconds of warning time. If you're talking about to Tel Aviv, about the same, a little bit under 90 seconds of warning time. That means that if you're woken up at 3 a.m. by a rocket siren going off, you now have 90 seconds to grab your kids and get down into a bomb shelter before the rockets start to hit. Okay, so 
Hamas, knowing this, has been firing hundreds of rockets into Israel. The reason they're firing hundreds of rockets simultaneously is because their goal is to overwhelm Israel's iron defense system. So Israel has an iron, uh, iron dome system. It's called the Iron Dome system. And the Iron Dome system is largely relegated to shooting down missiles that are going to land in populated areas. So Tel Aviv has an Iron Dome system. Jerusalem has an Iron Dome system. And it's very effective. It shoots down about 90% of these rockets. But here's the problem. As you increase the number of rockets that are fired, the additional 10% in absolute number starts to go up. So here is a map of the rocket alerts. These are the sirens just over the last 30, this is over a 30 minute period last night. As you can see, the entire map is red, right? The entire map from Ashdod in the south all the way up to Hadera in the north is completely, is completely red. Okay, the reason is because they were firing hundreds of rockets. They fired over a thousand rockets over the course of the last 36 hours from the Gaza Strip into Israel. They don't care who they hit. Okay, they don't care. Last night, Hamas killed an Israeli Arab father and seven-year-old girl in Lod, which is a city that right now is actually in in the middle of of race riots, essentially. Okay, so Hamas started this conflict. Hamas clearly started the conflict. And now Israel has no choice. No country can sustain this. Right? No country can allow its citizenry to be put underground by a terrorist group. Israel has every moral obligation to go in and decapitate the entire Hamas regime. What comes next? Who the hell knows? But Israel has a moral obligation to go in and kill every Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad leader they can find. And in fact, this is what Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, is saying. It's not just Netanyahu. It's not just about Netanyahu. Yair Lapid, who's in the opposition, feels the same way. The Benny Gantz, who's in the opposition, feels the same way. He's the current defense minister. Okay, the, the, there's widespread Israeli acknowledgement that just like if you in your city were put underground by a terrorist group living across the border and you're told that you had to live in the basement and you were going to live in, under constant rocket fire, you would expect the American government to go and eviscerate that regime. Well, the same thing should be expected of any decent state. And Israel, of course, has a moral obligation to defend its own citizens, as even most members of the West acknowledge. Now, most members of the West also then participate in this moral equivalence game where they pretend that Israel is somehow an aggressor here, which is a complete lie. But... Israel does have the obligation to do this. Benjamin Netanyahu came out yesterday and said, yeah, we are not going to stop anytime soon. Like, if you think that you're going to get a ceasefire here, no, the answer is no. You don't get to fire thousands of rockets into Israel and then survive. That's not just, that's not something that you get to do. Over 850 rockets have crossed into Israeli territory after being launched from Gaza. By the way, how little does Hamas care about its own citizens? When people say it's terrible for the Palestinians, that's true. The Palestinians are not of concern to Hamas. Hamas does not care. 200 of the rockets that they fired fell into Gaza. Okay, they fired 200 rockets that landed on their own people. They don't care. So Defense Minister Benny Gantz said that the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, will continue striking Gaza until it can bring a complete and long-term peace during a visit to Ashkelon on Wednesday. He said in the last few hours, the IDF has carried out a series of significant attacks. We've attacked squads of commanders and significant Hamas infrastructure. We'll continue to protect all residents of Israel. We've attacked many hundreds of targets. Towers are falling. Factories are collapsing. Tunnels are being destroyed. Commanders are assassinated. All the means and all the options are on the table. There's a lot more activity in the bank. He said the IDF will continue to attack and bring a complete long-term peace. Only when we achieve this goal can we talk about calm. There is currently no end date. We will not accept moral sermons from any organization or institution about our right and duty to protect Israeli citizens. Again, Benny Gantz is is opposition to Benjamin Netanyahu. This is not about Netanyahu. This is not about Likud. Gantz is not a member of Likud. There's widespread Israeli sentiment, as there would be in the United States, that if Democrat or Republican, there were were hundreds of rockets falling on San Diego from Mexico, there'd be a widespread sentiment. The United States government needs to go in and pacify the folks who are doing that. Well, the same thing is happening in Israel right now. To that end, Israel has knocked out several 
commanders of the of Hamas and Islamic Jihad. They'll continue to do that. Okay, well, we actually have video of what's been happening in the Gaza Strip. So a few things. One, Hamas is one of the most evil groups on earth. They fire rockets deliberately from civilian areas. They, they deliberately fire rockets from civilian areas because they know that if Israel were to respond, Israel would have to kill civilians in order to stop the rocket fire. And they know that Israel is loath to do that because Israel is actually a moral state as opposed to Hamas, which is a deeply, deeply evil group. Here's video of Hamas firing rockets from the middle of civilian areas. These are, these are civilian apartment buildings that are surrounding the, the firing sites for the Gaza Strip. You can see these are apartment buildings, right? This is right in the middle of a populated area. They're firing these rockets directly from the middle of streets in the Gaza Strip. The goal here is that if Israel were to take out those batteries, then Israel would have to hit those civilian areas. Hey, and by the way, a few other notes. You'll notice that when these rockets are being fired, in the tapes, you will see that there are onlookers. And these onlookers are not, are, are, are not just kind of watching this go on. They're shouting Allahu Akbar. Right? They're onlookers who are shouting their celebration that these rockets are being fired on Israel. Now, Israelis require that their government actually defend them, obviously, because any government should defend its citizens. But you're not going to see Israelis out in the streets cheering as rockets or as bombs fall on Hamas buildings. Just as the United States, there's no cheering in the streets when the United States was bombing the Taliban. Okay, because that is something that you do more in sorrow than in anger, right? It's something you don't want to do it. Except apparently if, if rockets are being fired on random Jews. Remember, these are not rockets that are targeted at military sites in Israel. These are rockets that are, that are being randomly fired toward the most populated areas of Israel. They don't care who they kill. Israeli Arab, doesn't matter. Babies, it doesn't matter. They do not care. They don't care. It is that simple. And here are the onlookers shouting Allahu Akbar as these rockets go off to presumably attempt to kill as many children and, and women and innocents and civilians as possible. these sets of, of rockets being fired off and people celebrating and cheering. What is it like? But don't worry, there's moral equivalence according to the West. Okay, so in a second, we'll show you some more footage of what is going on over in Israel. And then we'll get to the insanity of a West that somehow declares moral equivalence here. It is quite wild. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, let's talk about a simple fact. If you're a responsible person, you need life insurance, right? It's just something you need. You want to make sure that your family is taken care of in case, God forbid, something should happen to you. Well, Policy Genius makes it easy to compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. Why compare? Well, you can save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. You could save $1,300 or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare policies. The licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies, so you can trust them to help you navigate every step of the shopping and buying process. That kind of service has earned Policy Genius a five star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. First, head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro. In minutes, you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need. You can compare personalized quotes and find your best price. When you're ready to apply, the Policy Genius team will handle the paperwork and the scheduling for free. Policy Genius never sells your information to other companies. They don't add on extra fees. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice and very important to get it right. Go get the life insurance you need at the best available price. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Go check them out right now. Alrighty, so... Israel has this miraculous system called Iron Dome. It's been able to shoot down the vast majority of these rockets that enter over civilian areas. The footage is astonishing. Here's some of the footage of rockets over Tel Aviv. You can see in this footage the rockets that are, that are flying over Tel Aviv, and then you can see 
other anti-missiles essentially coming up from the ground and knocking, it's a bullet hitting a bullet with like 90% efficacy. It's unbelievable. The efficiency is incredible. It looks like something from Star Wars because it is. In fact, there are Israelis who are still retaining their sense of humor who, uh, who put the Star Wars theme music over what Iron Dome has been doing here. The goal here, of course, is to overwhelm Iron Dome by firing so many rockets simultaneously that the Iron Dome system is not capable of knocking out all the rockets at once. But imagine this happening over a city where you live. Imagine that there's just a bunch of rockets and all you can do is sit there and wait for the thing to fall on you or for Iron Dome to shoot it down. And in some cases, obviously, it hasn't worked. There's a direct impact, for example, on a school in Ashkelon. See, here's the difference between the Israelis and the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip, Hamas, the Palestinian rulership in the Gaza Strip, Hamas. The difference is that the Israelis specifically avoid targeting schools, right? The, and the, 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 Hamas, the, the Hamas terrorists literally put their military bases in schools. That, that is the difference. So this is a school that was hit directly by a rocket. Thank God all the kids were not there. Otherwise, presumably hundreds of kids would have been killed. They were also firing at Ben Gurion Airport. They were trying to kill as many people as possible and to shut down air travel to the state of Israel. So this is actual footage from Ben Gurion Airport. You can see the rockets firing over Ben Gurion Airport, and you can see them being shot down by the Iron Dome system. Over in Halon, which is a which is an outskirt of Tel Aviv, again, this is about 45 miles from from the Gaza Strip. Uh, a, a bus was hit directly by rocket fire. Apparently, one person was killed in this in this particular attack. You can see the bus flaming from the rocket fire. Another Hamas rocket hit the Trans-Israel oil pipeline, uh, which, of course, does no good to the citizens of the Gaza Strip because some of them actually get their power from this sort of thing. And so it set the, uh, the Trans-Israel pipeline on fire. And meanwhile, is it, here's how is it. So that's how Hamas treats this conflict, right? Just shoot rockets everywhere. See if you can hit anything. It's basically the game Battleship. You just randomly just shoot things at, th- at people and hope that it hits somebody. And here is how Israel handles this stuff. So here is tape of a Palestinian security guard being called by the Israeli military and told, get everybody out of this building. We know that Hamas uses this building, so we're knocking down the building. That's literally what's happening here. Israel calls minutes before they're about to hit a building. They call whoever they can get and they say, get all the civilians out. He's saying at least two to three hours, no one should come close. So I should go to the other building and not let anyone come close. No problem, no problem. So first, one shot warning and then two missiles. I'm asking, you mean first you'll warn and then you'll hit the building? I just want to make sure that there's no one inside. Okay, so this is a person talking to the Israeli military. The Israeli military is literally giving up the element of surprise, which is the number one element in warfare, particularly when you're talking about terrorists who are embedded in the middle of civilian populations. They're saying, okay, we'd rather not kill the terrorists who will then fire more rockets on us in order to get the civilians out of the way. Okay, and then the propaganda that is printed by the media is that Israel is knocking down towers without any mention of this sort of stuff. Okay, so here Hamas put out this video of Israel knocking down this apartment complex, right? Hitting this apartment complex. Israel, you know how they know that that apartment, why do they know where to train the camera? How do they know where to train the camera? The answer is they know where to train the camera because Israel dropped a knock bomb on top of that. A knock bomb is a bomb that is designed not to penetrate the top layer of the apartment complex. They drop a bomb, it shakes the building, doesn't break the building, everybody gets out, and then they knock down the building. So that is how Israel treats all of this. Meanwhile, in what is actually the most devastating element of all of this, not the 
not the actual terror attacks from Hamas, which is somewhat expected. The, the most devastating part of all of this is the situation in Lod. So Israel has about 20% of its population is Arab, about 80% of its population is Jewish. And typically in Israel, those populations don't live in close proximity with one another. Typically, you'll have sort of a Jewish city and then an Arab city that's right across the way, right? That's fairly typical in Israel. Hey, there are a couple cities that are an exception to this rule. One of those cities is Lod. Lod is considered sort of a model city in this way. And it is kind of amazing. I mean, last time I was in Israel a couple of years ago, my cell phone broke. I had to go to the nearest mall that had some sort of cell phone repair shop. And that mall happened to be in Lod. So I went there and Orthodox Jews walking around the same malls as Arabs and, and everybody getting along. And basically that city is 70% Jewish, 30% Arab, and everybody lives in pretty close quarters. Well, now, thanks to Hamas and Fatah ramping up the violence, there were riots in the city of Lod in which Arab citizens were going out and burning down synagogues. Two separate synagogues were burned down. Three Jewish schools were burned down. And a bunch of Jews were threatened in their own homes, requiring evacuation by the IDF. And now a state of emergency has been declared in Lod, which again, was a, was a city in which people were basically living together fine. Now a state of emergency was declared in Lod with Defense Minister Benny Gantz, according to the Jerusalem Post, announcing the deployment of several border police units to help quell violence that saw the burning of three synagogues and dozens of cars. At least two people were in serious condition from the clashes, one from rocks. In Akko, which is another city, that's actually where I got married. It's another mixed Arab-Jewish city in northern Israel. An 84-year-old man was seriously hurt when a restaurant was set on fire by rioters. Some 25 residents of Ramla and Lod were arrested on Tuesday night. According to police spokesperson, 151 were arrested in total within the central northern district of Israel. Lod Mayor Yair Ravivo said, we've lost control of the city and the streets. Israel Police Chief Kobi Shabtai said, we've not seen this kind of violence since October 2000, which was the last intifada. Uri Buri is a popular Jewish-owned fish restaurant in, in Acker that uh, had been set ablaze as well. It's in Akko. Uh, it had been set in ablaze in Yafo. There's been violence so internecine racial violence has now been taking place, prompted presumably, not presumably, realistically by Arab citizens who are in solidarity with Hamas and with Fatah. Okay, all of this is disastrous. And so the question becomes, why exactly is all of this happening right now? Why is all this happening right now? We'll get to the answer to that in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that if you own assets, the reality is that your most valuable asset is probably your home title. Right, Not your home, right? Nobody's going to come and steal your home, but they can steal the value inherent in your home title. If you're on Facebook, the big breach is here. Facebook had 500 million accounts exposed to cyber thieves. According to a retired FBI cybercrime expert, everything thieves need to take over as the new owner of your home was leaked. Name, address, personal information, it's out. A thief can forge your signature on a quit claim deed saying you sold your home to him, and then he can start taking out credit against your home and leave you in debt or even have you evicted. Instead, just go to Home Title Lock and make sure that your home's title is locked up. Home Title Lock. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Register your address to see if you're already a victim. Then sign up for 30 free days of protection during this high-risk breach again. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Use promo code radio. That is HomeTitleLock.com. Promo code radio. You know, you lock your safe at night. You make sure that you don't leave your jewelry out. All your valuables, you make sure that you protect them. Why wouldn't you protect your most valuable asset, your home title? Go check out HomeTitleLock.com right now. Use promo code radio, and get 30 free days of protection during this high-risk breach. Alrighty, so why is all of this happening right now? The answer is all of this is happening right now because the Biden administration came into power and because Mahmoud Abbas decided that he was going to cancel elections. That's why. The Biden administration came into power. They decided they were going to make overtures to the Iranian regime. They were going to make concessions to the Iranian regime. They were going to shame the Saudis. They were going to try and cut off relations, essentially, with the Saudis. They were going to try and pressure Arab states not to warm up their, their peace with Israel. 
They're going to try and broker some sort of agreement between Israel and the Palestinian Authority by pressuring Israel. They're going right back to the same failed model that has been tried for some 30 years in the United States. Pressure our ally, not isolate our enemies. The reality is Hamas hates America, hates America. Palestinian Islamic Jihad hates America. Palestinian Authority hates America. These are people who do not like the United States. Hey, they... Hamas is explicitly backed by the Iranian regime. You wonder how they got all this technology? Israel's been kind of stunned by the ability of Hamas to fire these long-range rockets. Why? Because Iran has been shipping that technology through the Gaza Strip. Okay, and, and the United States is standing right there trying to reinstate good relations with an Iranian regime that openly declares death to America and death to Israel. What America does makes a difference. The United States basically isolated the Palestinian Authority. They said, listen, if you guys want to make peace, anytime you want to, you can Otherwise, all the Arab states, they're going to just recognize that you are not top priority. They're going to make peace with Israel in order to counter the rising threat of Iran. And so you got a bunch of peace deals. And then the Biden regime came in and they decided, you know what? We don't care about those peace deals. What we want to do is we want to revivify this idiotic notion that Iran is going to be a regional force for stability, which is insane. It was pushed by Barack Obama. Joe Biden has re-embraced it. Yeah, this has led to the stupidity of morons like David Frum suggesting, well, you know, the, what happens to all those Kushner Trump people bragging about peace? The answer is they actually achieve peace. Within the first four months, you have achieved war. Within the first four months, Joe Biden has given all the green lights to all of the conditions for, for a new intifada. So the worst conflict in this region since 2006. Okay, that is because of Joe Biden. Okay, the last time we had this sort of conflict was 2014. That was under Barack Obama. There was quiet in the region for four years. You know why that was? Because when America sides with its allies, there is no conflict. When America does not side with its allies, there is conflict. Every time concessions are made to terrorists, they immediately are emboldened and proceed to engage in this sort of activity. And so it does make a difference that the West has decided to take attack of moral equivalence along these lines. The, the, the amazing part of all of this truly is that there, this moral equivalence is even being drawn. I mean, it just demonstrates the moral blindness of so many people. Here's Jen Psaki from the White House drawing moral equivalence. The president's support for Israel's security, for its legitimate right to defend itself and its people is fundamental and will never waver. We condemn ongoing rocket attacks by Hamas and other terrorist groups, including against Jerusalem. We also stand against extremism that has inflicted violence on both communities. We stand that that last part is the amazing part. We stand against extremism that has inflicted violence on both communities. Um, excuse me, right now, that first statement is the one that's supposed to matter. The hell are you talking about? Extremism that is inflicted by, you have thousands of rockets being fired into civilian areas right now. Israel has a right to defend itself. The first part of the statement's fine. The last part where she tries to come back around and then do the cycle of violence routine is just nonsense. Recognize that really what this started with was a bunch of TikTok videos of Palestinians beating the living hell out of Jews in Jerusalem, fomented by Fatah because Fatah wanted to distract from the fact that it just canceled elections. Meanwhile, Hamas's leader, Ismail Khaneh, who lives over in Qatar because he is scared of living in the Gaza Strip. He's afraid that Israel will knock him out. He's been tweeting out the bombing of Tel Aviv and the oil pipeline facility between Ashkelon and Eilat. God is great and glory is to God alone. He also tweeted out, a friend called me a little while ago and told me laughing. Many, unfortunately, the servants of those whom I know from here and there, and you know where exactly, are very angry, and humiliation breaks them, and oppression pervades them, because you, O oh heroes, have broken their thorns and destroyed the Zionists while hiding in shelters below the earth, mourning for their perse- persecution, which went in vain. Okay, by the way, this is the leader of Hamas. He's the leader of Hamas. Moral equivalence. Uh, unreal. 
But don't worry. And by, and by the way, did Twitter ban Ismail Haniya? Nope, he's still there. So he'll ban Trump, but not somebody who's openly celebrating terrorism. How about Ayatollah Khamenei? Right? These are the people that, that the Biden administration is trying to make concessions to, the Iranian regime. He tweeted out, Palestinians are awake and determined. They must continue this path. One can only talk with the language of power with these criminals. They must increase their strength, stand strong, confront the enemy, and force them to stop their crimes. Hashtag free Palestine. So just to get this straight, Facebook and Twitter banned Trump, but they won't ban this piece of human debris. Pretty incredible stuff. Okay, the good news is that the radical left in the United States, which is increasingly the mainstream left in the United States, is openly siding with the bad guys here. So Alexander Ocasio-Cortez is very angry with Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang is running for mayor of New York. He looks likely to win, which is a good thing. Andrew Yang had tweeted out his support for Israel. So she got mad. She then tweeted out, utterly shameful for Yang to show up to an Aid event after sending out a chest-thumping statement of support for a strike killing nine children, especially after his silence as Al-Aqsa was attacked. But then try that in Astoria during Ramadan. They will let you know. Okay, so um, a few things that are just open lies. Al-Aqsa was not attacked. The only people who attacked Al-Aqsa are members of Hamas and Fatah who literally took over the building, brought rocks in from the, from the surrounding Temple Mount and fireworks and proceeded to fling them at Israeli soldiers and build barricades so as to do violence in the middle of Ramadan. There is no obscurity about this. There is no opacity about this. It is perfectly clear what happened there. There's, there's video. I showed it here. So she's just lying. As far as a chest-thumping statement of support for a strike killing nine children, Israel has been attempting to kill Hamas members. Hamas members deliberately hide themselves behind children, knowing that morons like AOC will then blame Israel for defending itself rather than the Hamas people who are hiding behind children. What a moral cretin she is. My goodness. Bernie Sanders, similarly a moral cretin, he tweeted out, I am extremely concerned by the growing conflict in Israel and Palestine. Once again, we are seeing how the irresponsible actions of government-allied right-wing extremists in Jerusalem can escalate quickly into devastating war. The F is he talking about? He's just making things up right now. Israeli children should not have to spend the night scared in bomb shelters, as many are doing tonight. Well, that's true. Rockets should not be fired. Palestinian children should not have to grow up under the constant violence and oppression of occupation, as so many do and have done. Gaza is ruled by Hamas. Israel does not rule the Gaza Strip. The Palestinian Authority rules Judea and Samaria. It is not ruled by Israel. Israel just does not allow people to ship weapons in and out and controls its own border. That's all. Bernie Sanders then continues, the United States must call for an immediate ceasefire and an end to provocative and illegal settlement activity. This is not about settlements. Are you insane? How is this about settlements? They're firing on Ashkelon. They're firing on Ashdod. They're chanting bomb, bomb Tel Aviv on the Temple Mount. We must also recommit to working with Israelis and Palestinians to finally end this conflict. What, what a joke he is. What an absolute more, what Soviet, what, what a, he's just disgusting. Truly. The, the, the number of people on the radical left who have been mainstreamed into the Democratic Party is truly an astonishing, astonishing thing. And the media will continue to allow lies to be promulgated. The same media that will tell you that, that fake news is really, really dangerous. They'll just allow lies to be promulgated. So they'll, they'll have on a an MSNBC guest they had a Palestinian on MSNBC. Not sure the name of this guest. And uh, he uh, was very angry that anybody would be upset with Hamas. He says, you know, the U.S. has waged more wars than there are Hamas members. Um, excuse me? The United States has waged more wars than there are Hamas members. Um, I don't wait for the United States to tell me what constitutes as self-defense and what not constitutes as self-defense. Um, that is not where my moral compass stems from. Um, I don't think the, the, the United States is in position, giving all of the genocides and wars it's partaking in, to say something about who has a right to self-defense. 
He sounds exactly like Ilhan Omar. He sounds exactly like Rashida Tlaib. He sounds exactly like AOC. He sounds like Bernie Sanders, right? The, the, the international terrorist movement uses the talking points of the left on a routine basis, right? America doesn't have any moral credibility to call against rocket fire indiscriminately aimed at civilians because after all, you guys are really bad. It's, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty, and then of course you have Trevor Noah who just tells open lies. Right? Trevor Noah actively defended Hamas last night on his show. If you start from Israel fired rockets into Gaza, well, then Israel is the bad guy because they're bombing Gaza. But then you take a step back in time, you go, well, Hamas fired rockets at Israel. Well, then Hamas is the bad guy. But then you take a step back and you go, but the Israeli police, they went in and started beating people up in a mosque during Ramadan, the most holy time in the Muslim calendar. Well, then Israel is the bad guy. Okay, well, except for you're lying. That didn't happen. Again, the, the number of lies that have to be told in order to reach the point of moral equivalence between a state that seeks to defend its citizens, including Israeli Arabs, who, by the way, were again murdered by Hamas last night. Between a state that has a 20% Arab population that attempts to warn people before they kill terrorists and a group of people who openly declare that they want to wipe every Jew off the face of the earth and fire thousands of rockets indiscriminately into civilian centers. You know the mental gymnastics that you have to do in order to get there? The moral pretzeling you have to do? These, folk makes, they, these folks morally make Cirque du Soleil look like nothing. It's unreal. The moral flexibility that you have to have, at a certain point, the, the rubber band has to break here. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty insane. Alrighty, in just a second, we'll get to the latest on the economy because shocker, shocker, inflation is on the rise. Who could have predicted? We'll get to that in just a moment first. If you believe in standing for the national anthem or supporting our military and first responders, or you just want to celebrate a job well done, you need Redneck Riviera Whiskey. It is your whiskey. The guy who owns it, John Rich, that dude is a spectacular dude. He, uh, I love that guy. He's really fantastic. Check out Redneck Riviera Whiskey. It's sourced from America's heartland, blended and bottled in Kentucky. From the glass to the cork and whiskey inside, it's 100% made in America. The Redneck Riviera brand is 100% owned by my friend John Rich, who again is a stellar dude. This is not just another celebrity-endorsed brand. A portion of all profits proudly benefit the folds of honor to date. Redneck Riviera Whiskey has funded over 110 college grants for kids who have lost a mom or dad while serving our country. Redneck Riviera Whiskey can be found in 48 states and over 11,000 retail stores like Walmart, Winn-Dixie, Publix, Safeway, Albertsons, Specs, and others. For more information or to find a store near you, visit RedneckRiviera.com. That is RedneckRiviera.com. Drink American. Redneck Riviera is a distilled spirit with 40% ABV. Redneck Spirits Groups is responsible for this ad. It's located at 10917 Old Harrods Woods Circle, Louisville, Kentucky, 40223. All righty, we're going to get to the inflation, which is cropping up, plus more lies from the CDC first. I'm sure you've noticed our country is feeling less and less free. Lockdown extensions and cancel culture, everything we do and consume is weaponized. Every single thing from the education we receive to the movies we watch to the shoes we wear on our feet. You're not alone in noticing this. You may have noticed that your boss is telling you what to think or training you in diversity so that you feel bad about the color of your skin. You may have noticed that your kids are being subjected to indoctrination at their school. You may have noticed that the media is just lying to you. Well, I wrote an entire book about the institutional takeover of the United States and how to fight back against it. It's called The Authoritarian Moment. In it, I give some background on how we got here, how each individual institution in American life, from the scientific community all the way to Hollywood, was taken over and how, how we fight back. That's the most important part because you have to understand how we got here in order to reverse the process. So if you want to preserve your individual rights, if you want to organize a taking back of our institutions, go check out my book today. The Authoritarian Moment is available for pre-order at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any other major bookseller. I think it's deeply important stuff. I think it's a really important book. I wrote it at white heat. I mean, 
Some books are hard to write. This one, I wrote it super fast because I wanted to get it out to you as fast as possible. The Authoritarian Moment, available for pre-order right now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or any other major bookseller. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. All righty. So meanwhile, inflation is cropping up in the United States. Amazing how Joe Biden has somehow prompted an intifada. So unrest in the Middle East, uh, more powerful Iran. He has prompted inflation and gas lines. We're back to Jimmy Carter. This is great. Really excellent, excellent stuff. I mean, they're about the same age, so it makes makes some sense. Inflation is back. Okay, according to Yahoo News, U.S. inflation is expected to jump 3.6% in April alone. Economists forecast U.S. consumer prices are expected to have risen by 3.6% in April over their level a year ago, a prospect already spooking markets and could fuel concern that inflationary pressures are setting in. According to a consensus forecast assembled by Refinitiv, the Bureau of Labor Statistics will on Wednesday report that its consumer price index rose from 2.6% in March to 3.6% last month compared with the same month in 2020. Stripping out food and energy costs, the CPI is expected to rise from 1.6% in March to 2.3% in April on an annual basis. Okay, and and the truth is that it is worse than that. Okay, according to the Consumer Price Index Summary from the BLS, the index for all items less food and energy rose 0.9% in April, its largest monthly increase since April 1982. So the biggest inflationary increase in 40 years happening right now. Again, this is according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, a government source. Nearly all major component indices increased in April, along with the index for used cars and trucks. The indices for shelter, airline fares, recreation, motor vehicle insurance, and household furnishings and operations were among the indices with a large impact on the overall increase. The all items index rose 4.2% for the 12 months ending in April, a larger increase than the 2.6% increase for the period ending March. Similarly, the index for all items, less food and energy rose 3.0% over the last 12 months a larger increase than the 1.6% rise over the 12-month period ending in March. So in other words, we have now basically doubled the inflation rate over the course of the last month or so. The energy index rose 25.1% over the last 12 months. The food index increased 2.4%. So, I mean, unbelievable levels of inflation setting in almost immediately, despite the fact that you've got the entire Biden administration saying there's no no problem to see here. Here's Jen Psaki at the White House literally yesterday saying any inflation will be transitory. Of course, we take uh, the possibility of inflation quite seriously uh, as you know, actions that have been taken to date or proposals that have been made. Uh, most economic analysts have believed that it will have a temporary or transitory impact. But in terms of analysis on current events, I would point you to the Federal Reserve. OK, and uh, quick note, where is Joe Biden? He's completely missing in action. You got a conflict in the Middle East. You have massive inflation hitting. You have gas shortages that have basically knocked out half the gas stations on the East Coast. And Joe Biden is nowhere. He's watching Matlock. Well done, everybody. Well, but at least there are no mean tweets. At least you don't have any mean tweets. That's that's really you know important stuff. No mean tweets. Well, the good news is that every crisis is an opportunity. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm yesterday, she said the good news is that if we're going to have these gas shortages, remember we've had a, a giant pipeline, the Colonial Pipeline, that was hacked. So that meant that that basically gas went down most of this week in terms of its supply all over the southeast coast and all the way up into New Jersey. Uh, Energy Secretary Granholm says, well, you know, the good news is at least this will push us toward a Green New Deal. 
you know, if you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you, clearly. The broader issue is a very important issue. It's an issue for the president's uh, priority in the American Jobs Plan, the issue of investing in a transmission grid, for example, so that you don't have the cyber issues associated with it. So there's a lot of broader questions in this, um, and we hope that we'll be able to see that investment in infrastructure that will facilitate clean and renewable energy. I mean, amazing. So she's really, she's smiling about it. Look at her. She's like, she's gleeful about this. This is going to facilitate Green New Deal stuff. I mean, sure, it's costing you like a fortune at the pump. Sure, you can't even get gas. But everything is going great because it facilitates the agenda. Crisis is always an opportunity for these people. It's always an opportunity for these people. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that when people say free, they should mean, you know, actually free. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you will get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last, rugged screen, quick charging battery, top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family will save almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch to my cell phone company. I've been using Pure Talk for years at this point. I tell you that coverage is excellent. I trust them. You can too. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch to my cell phone company today. puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Okay, meanwhile, on COVID, the unemployment rate continues to be artificially high. We all know why that is. It's because the Biden administration is paying people to stay home. So last night, the, the chief of Chipotle, the restaurant officer, was on CNN explaining that the reason we can't get any employees is because you keep paying people to stay home. A half dozen states now have announced that they're going to end those benefits before they expire. Is that the right move? I certainly believe so. I think it it encourages folks to get back to work. There are a number of jobs available across all the industry today. Uh, And for us to continue to grow the economy here in the U.S., we've got to have people ready and willing to engage, get back to work and continue to drive the economy. Okay, it is perfectly true that the Biden administration is driving people out of the workforce. But the good news is that we have a president who just is fighting the teleprompter. He's not fighting inflation. He's not fighting unemployment. And he's certainly not fighting for our allies around the world, ranging from Taiwan to Israel. But he is definitely fighting the teleprompter. He is locked in a death match with the teleprompter. And to help us get there, we've added two new tools. One, uh, Americans can go to vaccines.gov or they can text their zip code to three, excuse me, misspoke. Their zip code texted to four three. Eight, eight, two, nine. A senile old codger out there doing nothing for a living except pushing radicalism and fostering instability all around the globe. Really, really well done. Well, the good news is we have experts in charge. Like, for example, we have CDC chief Rochelle Walensky. So she should have been fired long ago. You remember just a few weeks ago, she said she had a feeling of doom, an interior, an inner feeling of doom. We we're all going to die unless we got vaccinated three times and also wore a triple mask. And hopefully a bag over our head and we like a plastic bag. And then we took some duct tape wrapped it around our neck. You wouldn't die of COVID if you did that. 100% guaranteed. Well, here she was yesterday, CDC Chief Walensky, saying she told her 16-year-old son that he can't go to summer camp this year, which is asinine. Number one, the vaccine's already been approved for 16-year-olds. Number two, 
He's 16. He's not going to die from COVID. Number three, he is outdoors. The hell are you talking about? And these tool bags are supposed to represent the science? The science! Here's Rochelle Walensky being completely ascientific, but very angry about it. I have a 16-year-old. Every day, every year, he comes home from camp and he writes the number of days until he returns to camp the next year. This year, it got to zero and I told him he wasn't going. I want our kids back in camp. We now have 38,000 new infections on average per day. Last May 11th, it was 24,000. And we sent a lot of kids home and camps were closed. The camp guidance is intended to get our kids to camp and allow them to stay there. Okay, this is just ridiculous. Okay, she, she just compared the stats from this year to last year. Do you remember this time last year? We didn't have the tests available. The number of tests that we were tranching out was like one quarter, one fifth of what we are tranching out right now. It was much, much lower. If you're comparing the infection rates in May of 2020 to the infection rates in May of 2021, you're out of your damned mind based on the stats that she is citing right there. Okay, but again, she's not representing the science. She's just representing politics. This is all politics. Susan Collins, who is certainly no rabid right winger, accused the CDC of using faulty data in its recent mass guidance for the outdoors. The agency announced last month that less than 10% of transmission was occurring outdoors, except that that was wildly misleading, according to the New York Times. According to the New York Times, when the CDC released a new guidelines last month for mask wearing, it announced that less than 10% of COVID-19 transmission was occurring outdoors. Media organizations repeated the stat. It quickly became a standard description of the frequency of outdoor transmission. But that number is almost certainly misleading. It appears to be based partly on a misclassification of some COVID transmission that actually took place in enclosed spaces. An even bigger issue is the extreme caution of CDC officials who picked a benchmark 10% so high that nobody could reasonably dispute it. Dr. Muj Sevek, a virologist at the University of of St. Andrews, said the benchmark appears to be a huge exaggeration. In truth, the share of transmission that has occurred outdoors seems to be below 1% and maybe 0.1%. 0.1%. Hey, do you understand the difference between 0.1% and 10%? Okay, that means that you are off by a factor of 1,000, right? You're off by, correct? Like what in the world, what in the actual hell? Like, hold on one second. 10 divided by 0.1. 10 divided by 0.1. Just want to make sure I got the, the numbers right. You're off by a factor of 100 here. You're off by a factor of 100. They said that under 10%. Okay, that's like saying that under 1 million airplanes fall out of the sky every year. That's true. Under a million airplanes fall out of the sky every year. The answer is much closer to zero. Okay, so the CDC just lied with stats. That's how you lie with statistics. As the New York Times says, saying that less than 10% of COVID transmission occurs outdoors is akin to saying that sharks attack fewer than 20,000 swimmers a year. The actual worldwide number is around 150. It's both true and deceiving. This isn't just a gotcha math issue. It's an example of how the CDC is struggling to communicate effectively. Or alternatively, they are communicating effectively. They're just communicating lies. The lie they are communicating is that everything is crisis mode. You got to have kids wear, wear masks at camp outdoors in 90 degree heat. We have to pretend that outdoor transmission is going to be widespread. We have to pretend like Walensky just lied there, that transmission levels are at the same rate they were in May of last year. All of this is insane. Okay, but this is what is being pushed by this administration. Lies that that lead to economic uncertainty, lies that lead to inflation, policies that lead to worse outcomes for Americans, policies that lead to more conflagrations around the globe. It's incredible. This guy, this administration was supposed to return to normalcy. I'm I'm waiting to feel the normal. Are you feeling the normal yet? This should be a period of optimism. We were told this was going to be the booming 20s, not the stagflation 70s. 
Instead, we're getting the 70s. We're going to get oil embargoes. We're going to, I mean, like, this, this is ridiculous. We're getting gas lines. We're getting inflation. We're getting stagflation. We're like, and we're getting all of this because of bad policy. Policy makes a difference. It makes a large difference. And I know that everybody was very up in arms about the stuff that Trump said. I hated a lot of it too. But guess what? At the end of the day, the policy implemented by the White House makes a lot more difference in American lives than whatever dumb crap people put on Twitter. Okay, but unfortunately, we live in a world in which we are supposed to pretend that the crap people say on Twitter is of significantly more importance than what actually happens on the ground. And the people paying the price for that right now are you waiting in line for gas and you at the grocery store now having to pay twice what you were going to pay. And you, yes, you, Israelis living in bunkers under your cities right now. Unreal. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. In the meantime, go check out the Michael Moles show. On today's episode, O.J. Simpson endorses Liz Cheney, which is weird. It's, it's just all of life, all of politics is just mad libs right now. That episode is available right now. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Israel breaks out into violence. Ted Cruz rips up the Corrupt Politicians Act. Liz Cheney wins the coveted endorsement of O.J. Simpson. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. Did you know that a baby's heart begins to beat at just three weeks? At five weeks, it can be heard on ultrasound. In some cases, the heartbeat can be the baby's only defense in the womb, which is where preborn steps in. Preborn rescues 200 babies every day from abortion simply by providing moms with free ultrasounds that allow her to hear her child's heartbeat and see their perfectly formed body in the womb. By six weeks, the baby's eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her thumb. Preborn needs our help to save these precious souls. For just 28 bucks, you could be the difference between the life or death of a baby. If you become a monthly sponsor, you'll receive stories and ultrasound pictures of the lives you helped to rescue. All gifts are tax deductible. 100% of your gift donation goes toward saving babies. To donate, dial pound 250, say keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or go to preborn.com slash Ben. That's preborn.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Preborn.com slash Ben. It's the best thing you're going to do today or maybe ever. Dial pound 250, say keyword baby. Start saving children today.